0: Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Akre. And man, we got
1: a rock star on this episode we of do. Stay Paid. Yeah, super, super, super star. I was actually looking at my, why I paused, I was looking at my La, LaCroix or LaCroix. I don't, how do you pronounce this? I don't know. La, La, LaCroix. LaCroix? LaCroix? Area, how do you pronounce this? LaCroix? LaCroix. LaCroix. And I was just like, "Oh man, my Lacroix is it in the right position? I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if we should have our water bottles in nope. the frame. yeah, not sure Lacroix, guys if to. you listen to this, we're sponsored. We want to That's be sponsored.
0: Right. By only you. sponsored beverages yes. will make it into the frame <laughs> from this point forward. Yeah, we're not
1: big enough. You guys more are more only going to be cup. drinking water from now. On. Yeah, but speaking of uh, being sponsored, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do to transition into Gusty, but uh, <laughs> we want to sponsor Gusty because he is that good. No, Gusty's amazing.
0: He he leads a team of thirty agents, which you'll hear in the interview here. Um, The number of transactions he's doing, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's over four hundred euros, eight hundred and fifty in the last two years alone. He did
1: four twenty two, I want to say, in the in twenty twenty in the
0: pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into leadership. We're going to get into this idea of being omnipresent. We're going to get into this idea. If you're thinking, if you're leading a small team, or you're thinking about starting a team or growing a team, you're definitely going to want to stick around for this episode. But before we introduce him. We would love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing, and we will read it on the show. This week's featured review comes from the best username I've ever heard on Apple Podcasts. Stay Paid is amazing. (laughs) They created a username on Apple Podcasts just to drop us a review. They say, great podcast, two thumbs up with five-star rating. Very good podcast. Has many helpful tips for marketing. Oh, thank you very much. It was short. It was sweet. And as I said before, it was super neat. So thank you very much. Stay Paid is amazing for leaving that review. Please head on over to Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing yourself so we can read it on the show. And now let's get into this week's episode. All right, let's welcome in Gusty Goulis. He is the team leader of the Gusty Goulis Group, Birmingham's number one team in homes sold since 2012. And in the last two years, Gusty's team has sold over 850 homes. In addition, he's the past president for Birmingham Association of Realtors and is currently on the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors. Having won many industry awards, such as 2020's Realtor of the Year for Birmingham, Gusty is currently the top-rated realtor on Zillow, Google, and Facebook with the highest rating and most reviews for his area. Wow. Gusty, welcome to the podcast.
3: Man, thanks so much, y'all, for having me. Glad to be here.
1: Yep, Gusty, awesome to have you on. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk to you. Would love for you to share kind of your story. I mean, we just read some of the accolades. The numbers sure. are ridiculous, right? Some people don't yeah. reach that in their whole career, and you're right. doing it in two, two years with your team. Can you share kind of the 30,000-foot view of how you got into real estate and then the team and what led you to where you're at today?
3: Yeah, sure. I, well, I tell you, real estate was not where I was supposed to be at, I guess. Um, I just kind of like haphazardly got into it. Um, uh, out of college, my major was actually radio management. And so I wanted to do something, you know, really in the music industry and uh, did my internship on Music Row in Nashville and, oh, wow. and uh, learned how cutthroat the music industry was. And so really, after that point, I just wanted to graduate and find a job. And, uh, so I ended up uh, after college, uh, I went to Bama, graduated from Bama and, um, uh, ended up getting a job in the mortgage industry. Okay. So that's really kind of where real estate started for me. So that was back in 04. Um, and, and really from then, um, I was in the mortgage business for a couple of years. Uh, and then when, uh, we were at a subprime lender, that subprime lender really in Oh six, they started, you know, not doing so well. They ended up um, uh, letting everybody go throughout the country. Um, so that was May of 06. So um, I really had to figure out like what I wanted to do with my life, what I wanted to do with my career. And uh, luckily, my uh, future mother-in-law at the time uh, was in real estate in Alabama, and um, and she, and I was just you know calling really for feedback, like, hey, I just got laid off don't really know what to do. And, uh, she's like, you know what, why don't you just go get your real estate license? You'll talk to anybody. And I was like, "Ah, I ain't got anything better to do. So, um, (laughs) so I got my real estate license in 06. So 15 years, fast forward, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's been a heck of a ride. Um, you didn't time
1: that super well. I mean, 06, I mean, you, (laughs) you timed it right before going into a big headache there.
3: You know what I, I, I look at, you know, Oh, seven. Like I was a finalist for the association rookie of the year in 07. I just never really thought about it. I just worked. That's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I try to like leave, you know, what everything is going on and uh, outside and just stay really focused and do just a great job for my clients. And, um, now granted Oh nine, that's, that's that really rocked. I think about everybody's world, but you know, I tell you in Oh nine, I think that's really where I decided, to make this a career. um, Because it was difficult. Uh, I think at at that time, at least in Birmingham, the foreclosure market was like 43% of the sales. Wow. And so 09, I mean, for people to get through the recession through real estate was difficult. But, you know, I felt like uh, it just made me work a little bit uh, harder, made me really focus on a great client experience and uh you know luckily the the door started opening for me and uh was able to grow my business from that.
1: did you switch in that time did you pivot to like short sales and stuff like that or did you uh, do traditional
3: yeah you know i think i think when you're in real estate you want to look you want to try to grab as much business as possible one of the first things i did was created a uh, top 10 list, uh, for investors. Mm. Uh, so every Monday I sent out an email, my top 10 recommended, uh, home purchases for the week. And what I realized from that is everybody thinks they're an investor, but really out of probably the, the 50 people I had on that list, there was probably two real investors. Um, but luckily those two investors bought a few houses but it, what that did is it allowed me to kind of learn a little bit more about what investors look for in houses. It learned, it helped me evaluate, uh, those houses a little bit more. And, um, you know, it, it's not like today's market where, you know, you've got, if it goes on the market this morning, it might not be there tomorrow. Right. Um, so that market was a little bit different. So you just got to figure out where the market is you know, currently and try to match that message.
1: What a great idea! I've never actually never heard that before. Is creating that top ten? Do you still do that today, or was that something? No, okay. no, I don't
3: do it today. There's not. I mean, I don't think we even got like ten foreclosures in the whole market uh, in Birmingham right now. Uh, that might change yeah. upcoming soon, but um, but you know what? I think I think everybody needs to have at least if in real estate, you've got to have some sort of um, access to investors because you know investors. I don't think that they're any investor is going to work with somebody that brings them the opportunity. So if you know folks, then if you bring them a deal, they're typically going to work with you. So I think it's important no matter if, if they're, you know, work with other agents in the past, get to know as many investors as possible because you never know what, what they may be looking for at that time.
1: Well, I think that speaks to, you know, real estate, it, uh, my belief system is that real estate is a relationship-based business, like most businesses, 100%. right? And it's so much dependent on your sphere. Did you find, so very successful, 2007 is your rookie year and you're, you yeah. know, obviously rookie of the year.
3: Um, was the it Finalist. Okay, finalist. Okay.
1: <laughs> Let the record strike yeah, down for the record. Yeah. For it. <laughs> One
3: person would get upset with that. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so- did you find most of your business came from your sphere? Was it, uh, how did you prospect? Can you walk us through a little bit of your methodology yeah. of what you've learned from getting leads and where to focus and and what you've done from that standpoint?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you said that. So um, when I was in the mortgage business, we worked for a company that we had to dial for dollars. And so I had to either call 150 people a day or get five applications a day. Well, I focused on really good quality conversations because quite frankly, I didn't want to, Talk to 150 people in a day. So taking that to the real estate side of things, I just really wasn't scared to call anybody or talk to anybody. And um so you know, that started with really the foundation of your business, which is your database. And you've got to you've got to build your database. And so think of like everybody that's in your phone, they need to be in your database. Um, so it's just contacting them and, and loving it on those folks. And you never know who knows somebody that might be buying or selling a house. And one of the things that really helped my career, um, my wife was on the junior board for, a, a, a local nonprofit called Glenwood, which, uh, supports, um, um, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, anyways, we, uh, Glenwood. And, um, so through our relationship, working with them and giving back to them, um, we learned that they had access in 09 in 2010 to the Neighborhood Stabilization Project, which was grants to get nonprofits Hmm. uh, and get housing for their clients. And so, because my wife was on the board, they knew that I was in real estate. They knew I actually had some foreclosure experience. And so they opened up a big opportunity for me. They were gonna get six houses as part of this project, and they said they asked me to be their representative to find these properties for them. And so, through that, you know, referral, giving back to the community, that referral, um, we ended up uh, representing um, the buyer uh, of the grant in, in the Birmingham market on twenty-one deals wow. in twenty in two thousand and ten. So that one opportunity led to what we thought was going to be six deals and and actually we ended up getting 16 houses for Glenwood mm-hmm. and then we got some more for other nonprofits so you just never know where a referral is going to take you that's and awesome. then but i think since then we've always my wife and i have always kind of given back to nonprofits and being community based and and since then we've uh, we've raised money for all different nonprofits but we know that that's been big for growing my business. And so we've just always been real willing to give back to the community.
0: Yeah. That's an awesome strategy. What uh, have you got? Have you guys developed kind of a touch point system to stay in touch with your past clients to enable those referrals? Like how many times are you touching your, your database or your sphere yeah. uh, throughout the course of a year?
3: Um, you know, not enough. Okay. I mean, to be quite frank, I don't think anybody has the perfect um, strategy. Amen to that. Um,
1: What's that? I said, I said, amen to that. Amen to that.
3: (laughs) I mean, I'd love to say, man, we just kill it. But, um, you know, I think that we do as good a job as we can. Um, we could always do better. I think we always strive to get better, but I think we, one of the big things is we've got a, like, we have a top 50 list, Mm. that top 50 list. We send out the, you know, American lifestyle magazine. Um, ooh, and ooh. so it's got, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> my pretty little picture on my folks, but even my team members, we, we want to brand them as the expert too. Um, so we've got everybody on our team. We send out top 50, um, the magazines. Um, we also do client appreciation events. So we want to bring people like we do pictures with Santa. Oh, I love um, that. we do, uh, we've had a tailgate at my house actually. We've had for, like for ba- Yeah, I was going to say for Bama football, is that? That's right. <laughs> Alabama football, uh, SEC football. Um, How has that played done. off
1: for you? I'm just curious because client events, I think a lot of people don't do them because of the spend. They get so conscientious of like, oh, it's going to cost so much money to put on an event. How's that paid off for you in the sense of just seeing the reciprocity of it over the years from what it's cost yeah. you and stuff?
3: Well, I think you've got to, you've got to invest in marketing and you've got to invest in, I mean, think about like in our market, there are probably over 4,000 agents. Mm. Um, And so also know that everybody knows seven agents. So you've got to be doing something different. You've either got to be the person that is either the expert or you got to be the person that's either that's top of mind. And so the one thing that you can do is the easiest way is be top of mind, whether it's through social, whether it's do sending out postcards or magazines or um, inviting them to client appreciation events. Um, I think it's, you've got to be in everywhere. You've got to be in as many places as possible, but you also have got to, you know, request referrals directly from them. Mm. You know, if, if you don't ask for it you don't ask for the business, not everybody's going to just raise their hand and say, Hey, I'm going to give you the business. So, um, but I think you've got, it's an investment 100%. But um, think about all like, we'll we'll get people to just say, hey, you know, bring a friend. We'd love to meet your friends because they could be potential clients. Um, And then also each one of our clients are probably moving every three to five to seven years. Mm. So we want to stay in touch with them and and grow as we grow as a as a agent, as a team. We're going to be growing uh, with our uh, clients.
2: A referral is a reward for a job well done and there's no reason to hesitate in asking your clients for one. Even so, you may struggle to find the right time or the right words that could open the door to more business. Well, we've got you covered with printable scripts that you can customize to your own style and use with your clients. Whether it's a long time client or the anniversary of a home sale, we've made reaching out and asking for referrals as easy as saying hello. Go to remindermedia.com slash referral script to download this free resource today. That's remindermedia.com slash referral script. Take action on this today.
0: How large are these events <laughs> yeah. with
3: 400 plus transactions a year? Well, you know, here's the good thing. The, the, the big key of this is the invite. You mm. know, um, the biggest thing we want to do, the, the most powerful thing of all is the just the invitation to the event because mm. everybody can't come mm. depending on kids or, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, we've had, I mean, typically, the, I think the biggest one we've had is like 250 folks. We had Jeez. I think, about 250 come through. It's for a, a picture <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's,
1: No, but that's a, a lot. It gives you the face-to-face too, which is so critical to solidify that relationship. And I think people underestimate that face-to-face touch if you can do it. It's really hard to do face-to-face at scale, right? Especially yeah. when you have a huge database. I want to touch on something, though, that I think is a golden nugget that you shared that I am surprised so many businesses don't take advantage of, which is this idea of giving back to the community by supporting a nonprofit or being on a board or something like that. And we specifically have seen it work extremely well in your touchpoint marketing. So maybe, right, you're doing a postcard and your postcards are just listed. And then your next postcards maybe in a market update. And then the next one's a recipe. Throw in there one that is a supporting of a local charity that you support. Maybe it's a food bank. Maybe it's a local SPCA or something like that. The reason why it's so powerful, one, is it shows you're not just transactional, but in your giving back to the community, which is, I think, where you had touched on. And then, two, it also spreads a goodwill towards your brand that you can't, I mean, you shouldn't just support charity for the goodwill of the brand, but it really adds to that goodwill of the brand in a way that builds the relationship long-term. And I think that's such a golden nugget that people don't take advantage of. Like what charity are you supporting right now? Or in what in your community are you giving back to? It could be little league. It could be something at the schools. It could be an SBCA. It could be a local food bank, stuff like that. So you've built a massive team, right? How many agents are on your team now?
3: We've got thirty agents.
1: Yeah, thirty Ooh. agents on your team, right? So I'm sure there's tons of stories you could share about the <laughs> the the good and the the bad of, and of the ugly. Yeah, and the ugly of leading <laughs> team. Walk us through a little bit of like how have you gone about going from you were a superstar agent yourself mm-hmm. to first making the decision to add to your team, and what does your team structure look like, and how do you keep it rolling from a lead standpoint and, and closings.
3: Yeah. Uh, great, great questions. Um, you know, I mean, the, the whole reason I started the team is, um, well, first off, I mean, I started with an assistant and tried to maximize myself first. And then the next piece of it was, I ended up having a rental company for a little while that we just brought renters to, uh, different apartment complexes. And that was actually a lead generator for us, uh, where we helped them find a rental and then all of a sudden we helped them find their first house. Um, and so I was getting, you know, all these leads from all these different places and I was, I couldn't be everything to everyone. So I decided to start a team. And so, uh, luckily the first agent that, uh, I brought onto the team was a great hire. And, um, and then also had other people that were in my sphere, past clients started calling me saying, Hey, Like you're you're doing you're doing really good. Like we want to get in real estate, so I brought on like friends, and I was like, "Hey, let's do this." Uh,
1: Wait, do you encourage (laughs) hiring friends? Is that is that? I'm curious. It depends on the
3: friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes you know your friends too well. Um, That's the truth. But I tell you what, some of the some of the best people we've hired has actually been our past clients. Wow. Um, We've had both from an agent standpoint and an operation standpoint. So we've got, um, we've got multiple, uh, multiple past clients, like our chief of operations, um, one of our closing coordinators or past clients, um, and we've got a few agents on the team. So, you know, I think it's, uh, I think that's important because they've gone through the process. So they understand, you know, our, our process and they can yeah. you know, share that. How do you um, keep
1: them motivated and accountable? Say that again? How, how do you keep your team motivated and accountable?
3: Yes. So, uh, well, each week we do accountability groups. Okay. Um, so one of my coaches is John Cheplak and, and we run his accountability group system. And, uh, so it's six weeks on two weeks off. Um, we focus on commitments, not goals. So we focus on two professional commitments, one personal commitment. And what we've realized is it's not all about, you know, professional life. It's, you've got to have, one of the things I've seen not only growing a team, not only growing a brokerage, um, is agents get really burnt out. Mm. And and so what we've tried to do is really try to get them focused on what they're really best at, trying to get them, you know, whether they get healthier or, um, you know, get, we've, we've helped some of our agents just build a plan to get their, you know, get out of debt, stuff like that. So, you know, it's, we, we have game plans for, you know, not only professional, but, but really personal. Um, many of our team members, I mean, they're kind of a work family. I mean, some of my, some of our closest friends are people that are actually on the team. Um, and so holding them accountable, we're doing it on a weekly basis, but I think, you know, real estate people are pretty competitive, um, and and they don't want to let you know. A lot of our agents don't want to let our other team members down, and I think that's uh, that's an important piece of just having a good, strong culture.
1: Do you guys function as like you are the the company that generates the leads, and they work them? Do they generate their own leads? What's kind of your structure from a marketing yeah. lead generation standpoint?
3: Yeah. So I mean, we we generate. I don't know, about a thousand leads a month okay. uh, from all different platforms. Um, and so we, I mean, we market the brand, Gusty Guleskert, Um, And then, you know, we are also marketing for our agents mm-hmm. uh, to their sphere. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to make them the expert to their sphere of influence. And so we're doing that, whether it's through a newsletter postcards or what, what, not, you know, the American lifestyle magazine, all those things. So I think it's, We're trying to, to put them in the best position possible for referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously they're generating stuff on their own. Um, and, uh, you know, we love that. We, we want, you know, I think looking back at our business, I believe we're 60, 65% of our business comes from either people we know their referrals or past clients. It's amazing. it's Strong. No, I've it's seen. Spe- I mean, especially with everything that we do, because I mean, we're on radio, we're on all the different portals. Um, I mean, we do a lot of stuff.
0: What are you doing on radio? You, you yeah. have your own show? Or are you doing uh, stuff on the market or what?
3: Yeah, so we're we've got we've got our own show um, uh, on a news talk station that uh, runs every Sunday morning seven thirty to eight thirty, and and part of that one of the segments on that is to talk about our new listings coming soon but it's also to say, Hey, this afternoon, we've got a house open from two to four. So we're generating, you know, hopefully people that are going to our open houses. Um, and that's also allowing me to meet, you know, small business owners in the community, celebrating different small businesses, meeting some of our, you know, um, you know, mayors of cities, stuff like that. What
0: made you start that? Like what was sort of the genesis of that idea? Was it just an opportunity that fell in your lap? Did you go pursue it?
3: You know, I tell you, well. First off, I had that radio management uh, major oh, that's, uh, that, that you know helps. felt like I finally my, my degree came uh, came back around. <laughs> um, but no, I mean I saw where a lot of the top broker, I mean a lot of top team leaders were uh, advertising on radio, and so um, you know, so we started doing that. I think in God, late 2016. Mm. and uh so we're currently on three stations we're on a country station we're on news talk station and we're on like a local independent station wow and so we're just talking about you know our um our success stories so and then we roll that into a radio show i mean mean, i'm picking
0: up the theme of like this idea of diversification like you are you figured out how to get all you've got your client events you've got your charitable activities you're on the radio you're sending out your mailers like you can't get away you've from gone with them. the omnipresence. You're
1: on the you're on the platform. I was literally gonna say you are so humble. It's so well, funny, like you. interviewing you like very, very just like, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. And then it's like, well, we're generating a thousand leads a <laughs> month and
3: <laughs> I'm on radio. <laughs> it's
1: not, it's awesome. I mean, seriously. Well,
3: I, I mean, well, I, I think like I've gone through the ego. I like, I mean, I think if you're you're successful, I think at some point you go through some sort of ego, but you know, I've gone through that stage and I feel like I'm very humble and my job now I feel like is to bring others up with me. Mm. And, and I, so I think, you know, there's different leadership stages and, um, you know, I think you've got, you know, running a team, I think you have to have a little bit of an ego, but I mean, it's, it's not all about me today. Mm. Uh, I've got too many folks to, uh, uh, support um you know I think like any anytime that we bring on an agent or you know I mean we've got 30 agents we've got non-support staff like the things I have to think about now is like every decision affects you know really 80 people yeah and and then their kids so like that can be kind of a lot on your shoulders
1: no 100 percent I was listening to an interview with Jeff the CEO of LinkedIn. And he really explained it well in this interview of like problems. And he goes, as you build out your company and it has more and more people attached to it, a simple problem becomes complex. Like it it just grows tentacles. And I have found that to be true in our business. It's just like the more people, the more clients, the more everything, it's just like, it seems like it should be a simple problem, but it's so complex because the ripple effect that it affects. I'm I'm curious, like even for yourself, right? Because I know you've probably had ups and downs and all that stuff. How do you stay motivated and then how do you get the new agent motivated? We've all heard the stats, you know, 90%, 87%, whatever it ends up being that fail. Where do you draw motivation from and how do you teach people to get to that motivation?
3: Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. You know, I think you've just, I think what motivates me is I'm always trying to get better. I consider myself a student of the industry and I'm not perfect, never will be perfect, but I always want to get better or I want to be the person that always brings something new to our town. Um, I'm not willing to, you know, just, um, I always want to be the person. Um, I feel like I have a target on my back mm. and, and everybody wants to beat me. I mean, when you're top team in the market for years, um, you know, you're, you're kind of the, the par that everybody looks at. So that's a lot of pressure to always continue to, 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 um, research, Educate yourself and, and really just make the best decisions for, for me and the team as we continue to grow. But I always think that we have to continue growing. And I think if you don't grow in, you're dying. Mm. And so we're always watching what everything's going on and we want to be that team that happens. Um, but we want for our new agents, I mean, we want to be the best training um, you know, brokerage. I mean, think of a team as really a brokerage. Sure. Yeah. We want to be the best training in Birmingham. Um, so I've got a sales manager, we're focused on developing, um, I mean, we've basically built, uh, a sales training and now we're adding on to that and, and always kind of getting better. Um, and so what we want to do is we want to have our agents to, uh, to have a close in ASAP. I mean, you know, that's the quickest way that we're, we you know, really for agent retention is God, get them Start paid, making yeah. Money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the easy. but a lot of people, I think you also got to, you got to know who not to to bring onto your team because some folks just don't need to get in real estate. They don't either have enough runway or they um, are not willing to put in the effort. So we're trying to like, if it just doesn't make sense on the front end, if you can heed that off there, you're not going to have bad results once you get them into your system. So, um, you know, we're, we're not adding everybody that we interview. Um, And are you you looking for something
1: super specific when you're interviewing people? Like, and I tell
3: you, I go for feel like okay. I want to see, I want to, I want to see how they are acting in person. I want to make sure that they're a team player. Cause being on, you know, obviously being on a team, there's no I on, I in team. Yep. And, um, and so I'm just looking for people that I think are, are going to be a really good fit. Um, and that can mesh well with our team, but also going to be a good representative of myself, a good representative of our team. Like would you send this person to go meet with one of your clients mm. I mean, that's, uh, so that's one of the questions I kind of think about. Like if, if you don't, if you're not willing to do that, then why are you on, uh, why are they on your team?
1: Yeah. So much of it is chemistry. So much of it is energy. Like it sounds terrible, but it's like, do they like, and this is different probably in every role, but do they pass the beer test? Like, would you have a beer with this person? Like, would you be, for, I like for, that. Yeah. it's not that you have to be best friends with everybody you work with or, or something, but there is that synergy. Like you can put Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant on the same team and, they could be a terrible basketball team because the synergy and the chemistry is not there. Right. So it's interesting trying to find out, you know, good people and it's different for every position and different for the different teams. Um, You mentioned that you had a coach Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm curious, like, um, do you have multiple coaches? Is that coach just that one coach? How long have you had them? Have you gone through coaching? What's your feel on coaching? Yeah,
3: Yeah, I think it depends on where you're at um, and, and different, different goals. Um, So, I've actually gone on and off with coaching with John Cheplak and, and really it's focused on um, just kind of our circle is one of my long-term goals is to get to a thousand homes sold. Wow. So he has helped people get to a thousand homes sold. So it's a lot easier to have guidance and, and um, yeah, for people that know how to get there. So that's, that's why we've done it. Um, but it's also that it helps me be around some of the top performers in real estate. And knowing what's going on in their areas. And then again, I can be the guy in our area.
1: Love that. So I got this question. I'm curious to pick your brain on it. I got this question the other day on a podcast to myself, but I'm getting it all the time. What do you think is happening in the real estate industry right now from a transition standpoint? And how are you going to adapt to the I buyers? that, and this is not a new thing, right? This has been years that we've been experiencing yeah. this, but it's coming more and more what's your opinion? How are you pivoting? Are you of how of the transition that's happening? Even the virtual, you're, you're now with the EXP, right? And, and you've transitioned Correct. to the virtual brokerage. So there's that dynamic that plays, but there's a lot of companies. There's the Zillows out there that are getting more and more into real estate. There's the iBuyers, there's this the Compass models. So can you give us a feel for where you think the industry's headed and what you're doing to pivot?
3: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot going on. Um, I had an independent, I had a top four independent brokerage in our market for, for, uh, we had that business for three and a half years, um, merged with the XP about a year and a half ago. And, and again, reason we did that was I'm student of the industry. I saw what was coming. That's why we made that change. It was better for my agents. And that's what it really, that was the question I asked myself then. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. I think at the center of everything, it's still a relationship business. If you can provide value, you will get the business. Um, if there, you know, people want ease and convenience. Mm. So what we've got to figure out is how can we be the easiest uh, agent to work with? How can we be the most convenient agent to work with? And if that's the case, we might we might have to be the iBuyer or we might have to partner with the iBuyer. Um, that's like a ESP golden has, nugget. It, it has Express offers. so we can submit a file and send it out to multiple uh, investors and, and get bids or Hey, like I just closed on a, uh, on a flip that uh, actually that was a, my appointment before this was we bought a house that couldn't have gone to market. We found that we identified what the seller's needs were. We purchased the property, we cleaned it up, we put it on the market, we sold it. So uh, that one was absolute ease and convenience. And so I think you've got to be, I think for agents to survive, you've got to just absolutely get better. You've got to become the expert. Um, and you've got to provide just the absolute, like what I call stress less experience. Um, and and that's how you survive. But I don't think agents will ever kind of, you know, go away. I believe that. Um, but I think we've got to up our game. I think we've just got to be just damn good.
1: Yeah. I love how you phrased it, the ease and convenience. I've often um, put it towards like the Amazon. Like Amazon, that is what they have done. They've made it easy. They've made it convenient. And if the the consumer is always going to go there, so you have to provide that as a business. It doesn't mean you're going to be replaced. It just means you have to provide it. I kind of look at the industry and go, I don't know if you're super familiar with like financial services. But for people who don't know financial services, like you have firms like Bank of America and you have firms like Wells Fargo and you have the Morgan Stanley's. These are considered like wirehouses, big Mm -hmm. corporate conglomerates, huge. They have advisors underneath them, obviously the banks. Mm -hmm. And those people, like you work for Wells Fargo. You work for Merrill Lynch Bank of America. But there's also a subset of the market in financial services that's independent. Where it's like they're still the financial advisor, but they, they basically work for themselves, but they trade through a bigger platform like an LPL financial or something like that. I think the real estate market is moving more and more in that route. I, I kind of look and go, I think you're going to have big firms like the Bank of America with agents that work for them, the Red Fins. But you're still going to have the dominant people, the be- people that are the best in the game. No offense to the Merrill Lynch advisors and stuff like that out there. But the people who are the best in the game are the independent real estate agent, independent financial advisor that just leverage a, a big company for whether it's technology or, or something like that. So I think you're we're going to see a lot of that transpire over the next yeah. probably decade. But, you know, who knows? Well, well even on
3: that, like I consider a, a real estate company to me as a risk umbrella. Like I'm the brand. Like each agent is the brand. Cause I don't believe that the brokerages give you the business. So, you know, I'm the brand. I'm the one that's pouring in the marketing dollars for us to generate the leads. But we've, you know, strategically partnered with EXP because it was the like it gives me and my agents the biggest equity stake. Um, and so that was my focus, but it's a real like brokerages are risk umbrellas to me so you know like if there's an issue then i'm just then i've got a broker and they handle the issue um so but it, and it's kind of like yeah, i'm Gusta a skirt, brokered by exp realty and that gives me the flexibility because it's more about me and our brand than the 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 main brokerage
1: yep now i think it's spot on so we got to ask you because you're successful right we ask every successful person that comes on the show when you look at your life and the routines in your life, do, have you implemented any routines or structures that you really look at and go, man I would encourage everybody do these routines they, they've been successful for
3: me you know I t- I've, so I've got a five- year old and a two and a half year old and so all routines are gone <laughs> um, all routines have blown up um, but my my most favorite routine was waking up at 5: 15 every morning um, getting my coffee, getting my mind right, six o'clock um, doing a little bit of work and then like seven o'clock going to work out. Well, with kids that really just kind of changes things. So, you know, at this point, like the, the non-negotiable for me right now is I've got to work out. And so typically after I drop off my boys at daycare, I'm going to work out. Mm -hmm. So that's the non-negotiable for me because by the time, you know, like once eight o'clock hits and, and many times before that I'm getting text messages, but I mean, it's like eight o'clock hits. It's game time. Like your phone's going to be ringing, you know, you never know what curveball is going to be thrown. And so when I'm at the gym, it is my time. And, uh, and, and I don't want anybody bothering me. And so I just turn on my hard rock music, get amped up, and and that's my space. I don't really care what people look at me at the gym. They probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> um, But you know that gets my day going in a positive manner. And I'll tell you, like, it, and also if I don't have my coffee in the morning, like, just don't don't come around me. It's gotcha. bad.
0: Then you so, really are. Then you really are the crazy person in the gym. <laughs> yeah,
3: that's
1: right. Wait, for but real. are you the guy who like grunts that makes the loud noises? Or are you like the the guy who kind of like bobs his days. head and is dancing? Yeah. Hey, oh, well, I mean, I'll do
3: some dancing <laughs> for yeah. sure too. There so. is.
1: There's just one dude in my gym. I've like, caught myself doing like, it. I'm he like, cool. like dances after his like uh, set or whatever, and I'm just like, this is hilarious. <laughs>
3: yeah. You know, it just depends on what you're listening to. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you gotta out. Fun. with it
0: now. That's great. Gusty, last question. Uh knowing what you know yeah. now, you've built this big team, you're very successful. What would you go back and tell younger, Gusty?
3: invest in real estate a lot sooner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this has been the theme lately when i seen this question and it's, it's
3: on everybody's mind. Invest in real well, estate. Invest in crypto now. Oh my know. gosh. Yeah. Jeez.
0: Yeah, I just um, picked up a few more ones I'd never heard of yesterday. <laughs> I,
3: I was th- no, for real. Like, um, I, I think people need to do better job of financial education. Yeah. Um, because, um, you know, it, we might be in good times right now, but that could change. Um, I learned a lot through the recession. Uh there was, you know, there was some there were some not so pretty times. Mm. So I think financial education is probably one of the big key pieces that anybody should should take advantage of. Um and and knowing that, hey, you've got to run, especially in real estate, you've got to run it as a business. Mm. Um, and I think that's when no matter where I have been at in my career or whether, you know, whether you know some team members leave or whatnot. I've paid myself a salary and that salary really hasn't changed too much over the last six years. And through the ups and downs, it's having that salary and having that savings that saved my butt mm. and just running it as a good, strong, solid business so that we could weather whatever came our way. And even through the pandemic, I mean, like, you know, we just, um, you know, we just got our feet down in first 30 days, you know, we just say, how, how do we adapt to whatever that market is? And just, you know, one of my favorite, my favorite sayings that I learned in college was adapt and overcome. Hmm. And, um, and that's, you know, whatever you're going to get thrown, figure out the, the, know what the problem is, find a solution, go get it. Love it.
0: Thanks so much for being here, Gusty. Before we close out, let people know how they can connect with you.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Um, you can go to our website, gustygoulis.com. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram, uh, at Gusty or at Gusty Awesome. All right. Well, thanks
0: again for being here. Thank you so much for listening to dive deeper into this episode. Get those links that Dusty mentioned and the video for this episode. You can head on over to staypaidpodcast.com. If you're looking for ways to support the show, uh, we'd love it if you just give us some feedback and take our survey. So you can find a survey at staypaidpodcast.com slash survey. Uh, also to head on over to iTunes, throw us a five-star rating, leave a comment to let us know what we're doing and the, or what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, us, please tell us what we're give doing Give us an here. idea of what know. we're doing here. Of how, of how we're doing. And the best way to help out the show is just to tell a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can always email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Steik.
1: Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. And just what a great episode. I would encourage you, you just heard someone who is a superstar. I mean, 400 plus deals last year with their team, actually executing, very methodical. And what was so interesting about the interview that I encourage you to go back and listen is if you go back and listen and just try to pay attention to all the different avenues that this person is building their brand, that Gusty is generating leads from, You will see it's humble, but man, there is a lot of execution going on there. Here's the action item for you, because every episode, you guys know, we want to give you an action item that you can execute on. The action item that I think all of you can execute on literally today is Gusty mentioned, look, this is a database game. Mm -hmm. This is getting in touch with your contacts. And he pulled up his phone and he said, every contact in this phone should be in your database ask yourself, do you have every contact in your phone right now, in your database? And are you starting to network with them, starting to build a relationship with them? If you're not, that's what you should be doing. Remember the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry that Josh and I have worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today.
2: Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So, how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Wanna see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle magazine at remindermedia.com slash staypaid sample. That's remindermedia.com slash staypaid sample.